Hello, I'm Derek Arden and welcome to Monday Night Live, live and uncut podcast where we have leaders, regular leaders, experts in the industries that they are involved in. Tonight I've got uh, Alan McCulloch. Let me tell you a little bit about Alan. He's uh, from Manchester. He uh, worked in Hong Kong for a number of years doing big projects uh, for the uh, firm he worked for. Then he did a, a big shopping centre in Warrington and then worked in London for 13 years. He's a local architect now doing lots of work round and about in the uh, Guildford area. Alan, welcome to Monday Night Live. Give us a quick snapshot of, uh, of your life and what you do. Well, you know, obviously former times worked on larger projects in different parts of the world, but predominantly residential projects is what I'm engaged with, which is very interesting. Just as interesting as large projects, just different, different scale. Um, taking through, typically starting a project, you, you, no surprise, you should have a good project brief. And I spend, I'll spend as long as it takes to get a project brief right, because particularly if you're talking about a family or a person who wants to deliver some change in either the house they live in or a house they've bought or a house they're developing, um, you know, it takes a bit of a time to tease out a, a, a really complete brief because what you can't do in doing a design, you can't have half half the answer going with, you know, something that doesn't fit together. So you've got to test, you know, you can't say, well, you know, the clock's, clock's ticking, um, you know, the meter's running, running just keep talking because people won't. So I, I wait till I get what I consider to be a brief I can work to, not necessarily how I would do it. It could be how a particular person wants to end up and, and reasons why, but I need to know the reasons why and I need, so I can actually deliver because you can't, unless you have a brief, you can't meet it. So, you know, long- well, Alan, the... Alan, you ask you ask quite, uh, quite direct questions, don't you, when you go in there? You told me about husband and wife, you're never sure who the decision maker is and you're, uh, you don't want to have to change everything because the uh, wife agrees and then the husband won't pay for it. Well, the reason I want to get the correct answer is because it's so time consuming to get to a place, almost think he's got it right. And then they say, oh, I forgot to tell you or, oh, my husband or wife has decided against that. When actually, if you teased it out properly, you would know they wouldn't want to do that anyway. So, you know, you're right. It's it's reading the room in terms of you can just tell the body language is who's who's keen and who's not keen. Mm. So, um you know, I, I like to feed off that as you as we talked about before. So getting the getting the right brief, and then you you've got to deal with realistic outcomes because you know, I'm not afraid to say, for example, if you know they've got a, a tiny house and they want to make a, a massive house with extensions, and uh, you know you add three new bedrooms, but you still got the pokey little hall, pokey little staircase, and I, you know I say it, it, it doesn't look, look right. If you know you're resale won't work because it will look like a, a a sort of small house on steroids but not very elegant so mm. that's mm. another thing that I, I pick up on um, really so you know and with all these programs on tv about grand designs etc the expectation of everybody is so huge but um those programs they do focus on extremes and they focus on problems actually they quite like to show schemes which have gone wrong which you know i'm not particularly happy about 
mm. going wrong on projects. So uh, that's a uh, project brief is important. Um, then the actual proposals, the process, just for simplicity, is as you might imagine. You, you need a preliminary design. You know, basically I'll get a brief and then I'll come up with a, a complete design, but in sketch form. Uh, and I'll try, I'll go through that completely. Uh, and, and, and if, you know, if they're not going to like it, I'd rather know soon so that I don't spend a whole lot of time working on detail when I can't, uh, when it isn't going to the right end. So, you know, getting realistic outcomes, but of course it's not all within the gift of an architect because it could be in a, a site which is could be a listed building, it could be in a conservation area, it could be overdeveloped already and there really isn't, even though the people love that particular road, that particular part of that road and their neighbours, it's just not possible for some houses to make it elegantly become a bigger house. Or um, I haven't heard of many people wanting smaller houses, actually, <laughs> come to think of it. Alan, but, do you want to show us um, this um, barn conversion you've been working on now? Should we, should yeah. we go there? Okay. If you, if, yeah, just to, this is something very interesting. Uh, uh, a really nice couple who've got a disabled daughter. That's the last slide, Terry. Yeah, okay, let's, uh, we'll go back to right, the... So, so this is an overview, and um, the barn is in that. It's it's. Um, I don't. Know, you can you use the cursor. I can. So can you see that? Oh, cursor? I can. I can use the cursor. I don't know if you can. I can put you on. Um, I can. Put so that, that's the barn we're talking about. Probably go on to the next slide anyway. So it's a very very typical barn, but it's twenty seven meters long by seven meters wide. So it's actually not that typical in terms of size. It's not. It's not really, you know, if you convert it, convert it all into a house, it's a very big, big property, but they have a prop property and they want to convert a third of that, roughly a third into a, a self-contained dis uh, com disability compliant. In fact, they want the whole barn to be disability compliant, but one half of it, one quarter, third of it, they want to be for their daughter who's become 25. And apparently when you're 25, you, you, no, nobody in the local authority wants to care for you anymore. You have to look after yourself. So if you go to the next one. Coming up, Alan, yeah, coming up. Yeah. Um, so this is the, the, on the on the left is the ground plan, which is, you know, say the top third is a, is a disabled unit, you know, all the usual things, but, you know, very large wet room and um, lots of space around things so that a wheelchair gets around very well. A central double height volume, which must look double height, and then a guest suite on the end. The, the, the plan on the right is just the upper floor, which sits over the, the completely free barn on the left. So it's, uh, it's quite interesting. If you go on to the next slide. So the section is very important because, you know, it's quite hard to, it's a very, quite an old barn. And it's, it's, you know, it's, not designed to take additional loads or a, a big windows in the roof and things like that. So you, we're basically having to build a subframe in the middle of it, un, underneath the skin, strengthen all the roof, drop um, drop the existing ceiling um, a little bit so that we can get a, a living roof, we can get some accommodation upstairs and drop the slab, which just about works in terms of the relationship with a the lane outside and, uh, you know, 
just with very very small ramps. So it's a, it's a quite a big engineering solution, but uh, the client and I have, as I said, brief wise, I have checked that he really wants to do this because it's uh, it's not a small amount of money, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So the next one, uh, it's just the planning context. You can see at the top there, it fits in with the garden and then his bigger house. And it's in the middle of a farm. This is he's a really ch good chap, barrister, who took up farming 30 years ago. So what's that all about? Um, and then you have, sorry for cricking your neck. So that's the um, elevations. The one um, on the left is basically the, the new appearance to the lane, which is supposed to be very modest because it's supposed to be modest. And then the one on the right is heavily glazed because this overlooks all the fields at the uh, barrister farmer owns and he, he wants to have a very good glazed relationship with it. So that's a very interesting project, you know, really good client, got a great relationship. We're just working through the details now. Uh, and he's got a very favorite builder. So that's a really good thing because we're working with him, the builder and the structural engineer, and we can get it sorted. Of course, um, um, you know, energy comes into this. So mm. you know, we've got, uh, you know, heat pumps and so forth. Um, which is pretty not cutting edge exactly, but very challenging. Alan, so can you talk? Can you talk a bit, a bit about that now? About uh, what the planners want in two thousand and twenty-four? Because I was a bit surprised about that. Um, those points. Well, the two. Funny enough, the two schemes I'm showing this, the one you've just seen, and the next one, um, is uh, is going through a process which either doesn't need planning or you do it through permitted development rights, i.e. the local authority, it comes under the radar, basically. Right. Um, you know, it's not- And it's what's not, that, that's called a permitted development, is it? When you can do, well, the one in the barn, it's actually a residential barn at the moment, even though it's barely residential. So we're just refurbishing it. So the planners don't get their teeth into it and saying you've got to have, you've got to have 10 car spaces or you've got to, have five CV um, charges, uh, and and you and you must meet certain standards in terms of energy. We want to do that anyway, not the CV charges, but the energy. Um, but um, under permitted development, again, a local authority doesn't get an opportunity to to write a check saying, "Well, you're doing this. I want you to provide half a school down the road." You know, I'm just exaggerating, but. You know, there are some serious shopping lists going with some planning permissions because uh, basically development or infrastructure is funded through development and planners and, you know, and local authorities need to get funds to do infrastructure projects and they do it through, you know, tasking anybody who wants to do anything, but they, they add a bit of extra so they can, uh, so they can, you know, get infrastructure built, which is, I say, I'm not against it, but cynically, it, sometimes it's it's over the top and local authority are not the best users of funds, are they? Let's be fair, they, you know, sure. they, well, they, we know that. Um, we, don't, we don't want to go into that where we live. Uh, well, their well, quotations are, are 
not reasonable and the time scales off the scale you know so absolutely Uh, i was i was thinking you built a uh, small property in in your uh, in your garden didn't you but what surprised me there was you had to have an electric car point you had to have a heat pump uh, source and a few other things which didn't have to on that one but i had to have a a profile of how we how we deal with energy i mean i i just wanted to do it that way because you know, an architect, you know, you, you, I wanted to anyway. And it was great because, you know, I had a really long garden or a longer garden, which I didn't, didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to get the lawnmower out and the hedge trimmer out quite as much. So I was able to, and I managed to have a road at the end of my garden, which I wasn't very, I didn't really like the fact that there's a road at the bottom of my garden and the front of my garden. So, um, I'm a bit, seems apparently, apparently I'm a bit further away from that road at the back. And uh, mm-hmm. that's always a good thing. The burglars not easily get to my house now. <laughs> well, I remember I was in um, Waitrose in Guildford and somebody who lives at the back of my house, who lives about half a mile away from you, was complaining to me about this guy, Alan McCulloch, who'd, um, who'd, um, was looking for some ridiculous planning permission. That seems to be a, is that just a Surrey problem where not in yeah. my backyard? I think Surrey is um, is notorious as a county for for people um, you know, refuse what they don't like, the NIMBYism, they don't like, it's, you know, when they moved into Surrey, if they haven't, you know, they, they want the, you know, to put the gates up and nobody else can live in Surrey. So it's full now though, they're saying, and they it really is quite unreasonable as a planner um architect planner working for clients i mean you, you know the sorts of comments you get from neighbors and the and the consultation process i mean they're absolutely disgraceful the things they bring up and they and um i say i wasn't i don't crave popularity frankly um and i'm not popular at the for the road at the bottom of my garden now but i never was so that's fine <laughs> Well, you do get into some pretty tricky negotiations, don't you? Uh, first of all, with your clients and then with the planners and then between husband and wife or partners about, about what uh, what you're going to do. And then presumably you uh, negotiate some pricing with builders as well. Yeah, it's um, the builder side is is very difficult now because of, you know, prices of everything going up and um, good builders are just in short supply, certainly in, in Britain, certainly in this part of uh, the part of Britain that we live in, and mm. sorry, you know, the, the prices are going up a lot. So uh, all our good builders have gone back to where they live in Poland, don't they? Mm. Well, we'll, uh, we'll come on to that and we'll see what's going on in Texas and in San Francisco a bit, uh, bit later on from some of our uh, other guests on here live. Do we want to talk about permitted developments now? And yeah, if you want to like... show that um, that uh, scheme which I'm currently involved with, yeah, um, it's a sort of that's the last slide, and it's. Um, Do you want me to go to the top of the presentation? You go to the top and just run through it. Hopefully, people won't. You see that everything in white or in grey is existing. And as you get down, you'll see some blue bits appearing, and they're the pr- proposed extensions to be completed under permitted development. I.e., we can do it. We don't need planning for it. We just, for our own peace of mind, will get a certificate of lawfulness. 
but we're not asking for anybody's opinion. We're not asking neighbors to comment on it and we can do it. So um, if you, I think there's another one, which is a 3D uh, a bit further up, which is shows the whole scheme. Next, this one, next one, oh, that's existing 3D and the next one show, uh, uh, yes, this one. So you can see the original house in gray, gray in the white in the middle. And on all four elevations, we're able to add development. So that can become a much larger house. It's in a very, very rural setting. So nobody's overlooking this uh, and uh, it's got great views and nobody else is developing that other than the person who lives there. So it's not a speculative development. The, the couple who live there know exactly what they want and uh, are very familiar with um, uh, dealing with builders and, and and delivering. But what's interesting is that um, a client has you know did a beauty parade, had architects do work, and frankly, you know, they were wonderful designs. The problem is um the planners were getting involved. It's a new new scheme. They you know they created a situation where they were dictating to the client what he wanted. They had their views on where it should be. This new house should be relocated. They had their views on, on, on you know, what standards they sh should be built to. And, and mm. you know, it's very invasive. And, and for people who are self-made people, don't want to be told if they don't need to be. And this can be done very nicely under the control of the owner now. It doesn't need planners and building control officers and environmental health to come on and tell them, exactly how it should be or how it should look um, so with a regular with a regular house like yours alan or mine um permitted developments are still we can still do something you can without... do some of it uh, we you can do you won't be able to do a, any development on the front you can do limited development on the side subject to your neighbors not being too close and you can do a reasonable usually single story but occasionally a short two-story part on the back of a house. I mean, this is a house which ha doesn't have a frontage because it's got a, a lane from uh, a public road quite a long way away. So it's it, it's a house in the round, as it were. So, so yes, unless you're in a listed building, unless you're in a con conservation area and a few other special situations, you can use permitted development to increase the size of your house. Okay. Okay. Anything else on this before I stop the share screen? No, 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 it's good. Okay, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So, um, where do we go from here? What else do you need to do these days? It seems to be getting planning permissions uh, really difficult, um, and uh, lots of negotiations between the uh, person that wants it built and the um, council. I guess. Well, I think, I think the incoming Labour. Uh, government next year, from what Sir Keir Starmer's been saying, that he's uh, going to take a bulldozer to Britain and definitely going to achieve 300,000 new homes every year. Well, you know, whether he achieves that, I mean, that's been the target. But what I'm saying is that I think there is a, a move afoot to take out the de democratic process of councils and, and neighbours being able to refuse the delivery of some developments, whether that's right or wrong. Um, but probably the only way to achieve enough homes in Britain is for it 
to some fairly uh, significant um, restrictions to what can be refused and what can't be. Yeah, but it's uh, always that not in my backyard syndrome, isn't it? Yeah, we agree with that, Alan. But as long as it's not near us, it's okay. Yeah, I don't like everything. You can imagine as an architect, I go along. Oh, I don't like that. I like that. I don't like this. But um, it's a question of whether it means whether it's what people want, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Abs absolutely. No. Absolutely. Um, good. So let's uh, let's keep uh, let's keep going on. Um, uh, interestingly, uh, there's some developments. Uh, my pal Godfrey, who's on here, lives um, very close to um, Poundbury, in um, and he gave me a trip round Poundbury, and it's amazing. Yeah, Poundbury, Poundbury is uh, owned by, uh, well, it's not owned by uh, the king anymore. No. It's Prince William or someone runs it for the Crown Estate, but it's an amazing place just outside Dorchester. If anyone hasn't been there, you should uh, take a trip. Uh, take a trip there and yet we've got sort of these high-rise blocks of flats still going up as far as I can see after um after uh you know that uh, dreadful fire in London yeah yeah Grenfell yes Tower, yeah we're, we're next Guildford is next to Woking which is they've had a sort of um I've never seen well it's so so shocked me the last 10 years how many high-rise blocks of commercial and residential have gone up in Woking and uh, which is only four miles from the centre of Guildford and it's almost put a shadow on any any other high-rise blocks in in the you know within two, 20 miles or so it's um apparently they're totally bankrupt so maybe yeah. it's not working no they are they are there's a few questions in the chat box we can deal with Alan if, if that's okay with you yeah sure Alan, can you give us some examples of objections by neighbours is one question. Well, reasonable ones or unreasonable ones? Both, please. Both. I mean, most of them, are, you know, you can be shot down because it's, oh, it's so difficult. I can't live with all the building work that's going to go on. Well, that's, that's just not any, it's just not a reason you could give to stop development. But that's almost always the case. And... Um, and then it's basically people will often take photographs and photographs of how you use the house now and then say, well, you know, they, you know very personal comments often uh, saying that, um, you know, these people shouldn't be allowed to extend because of who they are. I mean, they're the worst. I mean, normally it's, you know, it's out of character or something and, a lot of it is, you know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And um, I think most of the objectors, if they kept to the facts, their, their, their views would come over stronger rather than they, they, they do sort of drift, drift into the hyperbole and uh, things which are too personal. Mm. Uh, another question, Alan, with increased cost of housing, are local authorities more relaxed about uh, permission for loft conversions? Well, they, well, they're not really because loft conversions can be done under permitted development. So that's so they haven't got a say on on that. Um, but local authorities are just not delivering enough housing, so they they uh, they they um, have to be a bit more relaxed. But they can't be, you know, because for example, there's a there's a it's a fairly conservative or Lib Dem council in Guildford, and you know. They wouldn't be re-elected as councillors if they 
took an uh, took a relaxed stance on development. They've they've got to look tough and they've got to fight them, and which is why targets aren't being met. Sure, sure. Um, John says he lives in um, a designated area and all permitted development is banned. Even the placing of a small shed for him to go down when he's Quite had, right uh, when he right had right Barney with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put in 15 drawings for a tree house for my grandchildren. Right, yeah. Then did you get it? Yes, yeah, but I had to draw roof elevations, balustrading steps. That's just, that's just the plan of having a bit of fun, making you jump through <laughs> hoops, isn't I, it? I quite enjoyed it, actually. I, I'm <laughs> too old to switch to being an architect, but design was quite good. Yeah, climbing, climbing walls and uh, slides. And well, there's there's swings. not many architects do tree houses anyway, so you're probably on your own. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's now going to be converted into a, a tree drinks house when anybody visits. It's, that uh, sounds dangerous. Yes. <laughs> John's a tough negotiator, Alan, so he probably didn't pay the architect uh, any fees anyway. So, um, you know, I, I know him well. Um, heat pumps is a question. It's a question I'm interested in. Are they, I mean, it's, this isn't a question, but let me ask you, are they any good? Do they work? Do they provide enough heat when there's snow on the ground? Well, I'll answer it two parts. You know, the, the, the industry, the delivery part of heat pumps in this country, in Britain, is not very developed, whereas in other countries, you know, they don't make mistakes. They're right first time. We have a lot of people coming into the market and they're just not trained they're not you know there's nothing wrong with the technology let's put it that way um but basically we've got the wrong premise we we should retrofit our housing stock new and and old um the trouble is it's not very sexy is it you know uh, i i you know i've lost two inches either side of of every wall uh, on external walls because i did the the walls to insulation I had to rip up all my floorboards and skirtings because I put um, underfloor heating um, uh, because I, I wanted to do, uh, sorry, insulation below underfloor heating. So, you know, actually retrofitting is not very sexy, but it's what you need to start with. You know, mm -hmm. nothing works properly unless you've got a proper insulated house in this climate. Uh, could you compare a uh, ground with air pumps? Is ground just too expensive? Well, ground salt heat pumps, you know, are, are about three times the price, basically. But and I mean, they are right for certain projects, but not small projects. I mean, they're they're too expensive. They're, but there are some projects which are so big that um, you really need to think that way. Um, I haven't actually done a ground source heat pump uh, project. I've done a few um, air source. Yeah. Mm. Alan, we're nearly out of time, and that's been fascinating. We still want to answer a few more questions in the chat box, but um, for people on uh, listening to this uh, on the podcast or watching it on YouTube, uh, how do people get hold of you, Alan, if they need a, a proper architect like you? Um, I only get referrals, really. I mean, oh, you, you, so it's only it's another way of making sure I don't uh, have clients are too difficult. Yeah, if they know if they know somebody who's I've done a decent job for, and they recommend me, then then I then I actually that's uh, that's the best way for me to get new clients.
No, absolutely. And uh, that's the best way for anybody in sales or business in any way at all, getting referrals, isn't it? By doing a fabulous job and then getting referrals. Well, I've got enough grey hair to get more grey hair. That's, that's sure. <laughs> Alan, thanks for joining us. And uh, and uh, we hope you join us again in, uh, in, a, in a while's time so we can review what's been going on in the planning market and the property market. And it'd be interesting to see what uh, house prices will do in between now and when we speak again yes no it's been great and uh, i love talking to tim because when i sat in one of your sessions about uh, excellence in sport i absolutely love that presentation and for those of you watching tim durkin's a sports specialist expert on motivation and leadership from uh, from dallas in texas uh, good to have you on tim uh, thanks for joining us can i ask members of monday night live to give alan the usual round of applause thank you uh, alan mcculloch thanks for uh, joining us today cheers guys thank you